When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Everything about this moment in history seems uniquely designed to challenge our mental health. We are suffering, we need answers, and we need help. That's why I'm so thrilled to be partnering with Sound Mind Live and Consequence of Sound to host their new podcast series, Going There. I'm Dr. Mike Friedman, clinical psychologist and life coach. With Going There, I will talk with musicians who struggle with their mental health, just like us. After all, mental illness affects us all. And the same artists who have stepped up to share their wonderful work with us are now sharing the intimate details of their journey in living with mental illness. We are going to ask the tough questions, and we're going to have the difficult conversations, all so that we can learn from each other. But more importantly, to shine a light on the difficult topic of mental illness so that we can all come out of the darkness and get the care we need. So we hope you join us on this journey. Going there, the crossroads where music and mental health meet. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for checking out the series today. Uh, hopefully you like what you hear enough to hit that subscribe button. We put out uh, brand new episodes three times a week, a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, and know what's happening in the music world. Of course, you can subscribe uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, uh, YouTube, where you can see the video 
version of this interview as well. Just type in Kyle Meredith with hit subscribe. We will take care of the rest. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, I'm talking with Chris DeMakes of Less Than Jake. They've got a brand new record called Silver Linings. We're going to be uh, getting into that, talking about uh, really writing a record about positivity and, and fun in the current era that we've been in, uh, and being a legacy band, you know, 30 years, 30 years they've been around. So we're going to talk about how that kind of works its way into this record as well. One of their founding members, drummer uh, Vinny Fiorello, uh, just left the band too. He was their primary lyricist all the way up through their through their career until now. So I want to talk about what it's like having the lyrical weight falling on the rest of the band. Uh, that leads us into talking about the tracks, uh, The Test, King of the Downside, uh, a, a tribute to uh, uh, one of their friends called Bill. In fact, Chris is going to tell us about their long history of writing songs about their friends. And and with Vinny leaving the band, of course, that brings in Matt Yonkers taking over the drums. I want to hear about that. And then we'll get in a little bit more to uh, to what's coming up this uh, in the next few years, I guess. Because this year, their sophomore album, Losing Streak, turns 25. They are coming up on that 30th anniversary. Uh, Chris says the next three years are going to be pretty big for Less Than Jake. So you're going to get some details on that one, as well as what he's been up to outside of the band. Chris DeMakes a podcast is his podcast. He's been writing jingles for folks and just released a, a biography as well. A very interesting take on the biography. So let's get into this and discuss the record Silver Linings. It's Kyle Meredith with Less Than Jake. Thank you for having me. And that was a very pro intro. It sounds like you've done this a few times. <laughs> I've done it a few times. Just a few <laughs> yeah. times. Man, it's it's so cool to meet you on here. You know, I've I've been an admirer of uh, of your work and your music for so so long. We got a brand new lesson, Jake Record called Silver Linings. It's as great as ever. I mean, it's you I mean, Lesson Jake, it's a consistently great band. And I don't know how you all do that after 30 years. And there's, I'm sure there's no great way to answer that question, but how in the hell do you do that after 30 years? Well, is it consistently mediocre or consistently great? You know, so, <laughs> you know, if it's consistently mediocre, it's a little easier to do. Um, you know, we just, uh, we just do our thing, man. You know, I've always said we, uh, we keep things, uh, we keep things as fair as we can and as, uh, you know, democratic in terms of, uh, you know, everyone gets their say in the music and, it seems to kind of funnel itself through and and uh, and become what it becomes, and it just keeps keeps working for us. Yeah, well, it, it certainly does that as testament all throughout Silver Linings. I do want to bring up though, you know, the the way it's talked about, the way you all talked about your music throughout the years is all about this positivity and fun, and to be a band that brings that kind of energy um, in this era, it, was that trickier this time around at all? Well, you know, the record was recorded uh, in 2019. So, <laughs> we, well, I we, say this era, and I do mean even like maybe the last few years. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. It's uh, I wish I could answer that question uh, outright. I, I don't really know how to answer it. Again, we kind of just kind of just do our thing. It was just the it was the next uh, the next batch of songs that we wrote, you know, and we you know got, got them done and finished up, and we're just glad that people uh, you know still pay, are paying attention to us. This record for whatever reason, you know, careers have ebbs and flows. And uh, for whatever reason, it seems like a, a bunch of people are paying attention to us again. It's it's pretty cool. The ebbs and flows, it is really interesting to kind of follow that path too, because at a certain point, it seems to me, my perception in a way that the album becomes a little less important for a band once you get into your career. And it has, I mean, as far as album goes, and I know there's been EPs in between here, but it's been uh, seven years maybe or something like that, if I remember my math. Yeah. Is that true for you all? Do you see that the recorded 
Testament becomes a little less important than it might have been, you know, some odd years ago? Yeah, for us, it's, it's, it's just as important because I always say this, when we first started the band, um, before you could call the club up and say, hey, can we get a show? Uh, or before you could print a t-shirt up with your band's name, you had to have what? You had to have a song. Right. So it always started with the songs for us. Before we ever even thought of playing the backyard kegger and getting free beer, it was always about the song in our warehouse. So once the song came, then the t-shirts came and then playing the backyard kegger came and then maybe playing the punk club downtown or playing the, you know, the, the party on, on campus came. So for us, the song is paramount in, in, in making the recordings. But we also know, or I, I know that, and this isn't a knock against our band, that, that we're a legacy band at this point. You know, we have those records from the 90s that have those memories instilled for people that, that thank God we have that. That's an awesome thing, you know, and we never have to record another thing in our life and we're going to be able uh, until until we can't get on stage anymore and our with our walkers we're going to be able to play these songs for people that want to hear them so it's a great position to be in you know and it's it's uh, ultimately as an artist you want people to to pay attention listen to your new stuff and you're excited to play your new stuff but uh, at the same time as a fan it's like you know when i go see metallica i want to hear master of puppets <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Well, well, as far as those songs go, obviously we get to kind of follow your lives through them. Um, there, there is that word that pops up, and I, I'll bring up the press release again. It, it's somewhere in there, maybe it's a review, but uh, the word mature, which eventually hits a band's press release if they stick around long enough. Like, oh, these are lyrics that talk. And I thought that's funny because I don't recall that ever being associated with you all before, and to finally be called mature after 30 years like what is what does that say about this batch of songs well i hope so damn it i'm pushing 50 Christ. <laughs> <laughs> if i'm not mature by now i don't think i'm ever gonna age um you know i think that um sonically i think the way the songs are crafted uh this doesn't sound like a band in their early 20s you know it's uh i think it still has a youthful sound to it uh, in a sense, if you were a, a young kid, you would maybe think this is guys in their mid forties uh, uh, making making this music. But you know, I think the lyrical content it, it just speaks to where we're at at this moment in our life. I can't write about the stuff that I was writing about in my twenties. Mm -hmm. um, I can still sing about it. I can you know I can go on stage and and, and sing those songs and still feel those songs and and uh, get right back in that in that headspace. But to actually sit down and put pen to paper, if I tried to write a song like that, it would come off as contrived. So um, I'm, we're just writing from where we're at now in our lives. And, uh, you know, I think much like most of our work, you know, we're a good, um, not all of our fans, but, you know, when, when we started out, uh, you know, we were five, six, seven to 10 years older than our fans. They were teenagers. And as we've gotten older, you know, we put records out. When we were going through our, our divorces in our late 20s in the band, we were writing records that people that were 19, 20, 21 years old didn't get until... 10 years later when they were going through divorces they're like holy shit I, I get that record now you know so i think that'll happen with this album too you know i i think there's an immediacy to it to what you were saying that people are hearing that it's mature and, and, and they, they like it a lot but i think as uh, as they approach our age in a few years they're going to be able to get it even more that's funny because you've described my relationship with your band i mean I, i'm 39 pushing 40 here so it's like that's I'm right on exactly what you're talking about, how I've been perceiving your music throughout the years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really it. And that's not me just uh, uh, hypothetically making that up in my head, that this is from fans that have told me this, and uh, numerous fans over, and it just keeps happening. So uh, we, we see that it's, it's pretty cool, you know? 
um, it's, it's pretty cool to see that, not cool that people are going through heartaches or going through this and that, but it's, it's cool that they can relate. Absolutely. I mean, that's what every songwriter wants, right? I mean, you want to write that. You just, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. With the uh, with, with the lyrics, though, is as I understand, though, with uh, Fiorello leaving, uh, which now a few years ago, I mean, that's that's not exactly new news, but did more of the weights of the lyrics fall on your shoulders than before this time around? Oh, you, of course. Yeah. I mean, Vinny was the Vinny was the driving, uh, you know, concept behind the lyrics uh, for, for all those years. You know, I've, I've known him since I was 15 years old. Um, and it was always, uh, people would, would say, how do you sing someone else's lyrics? It's like, it's all I ever knew, you know, it was him, him and I started this band in a, in a back bedroom of his parents' house. He'd hand me a scrap of paper and go here, play, play, sing this, you know? So, you know, having his ideas, uh, over the years has shaped the band of, of who, who we were lyrically. Um, I'm really excited that, that most people, there have been some, some naysayers that's like anything else. Uh, because it is different. You, you, I can never be anybody else. Sure. I can't be you. You can't be me. So all I can do is write from from my heart. And I'm certainly I didn't or none of the guys tried to emulate uh, Vinny's lyrics from the past. Because, again, you want to talk about contrived. You, 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 you can't do it. You know, you, I can't I can't step inside his brain and, and, and give those thoughts. So um, it uh, as much as it's been uh, it hasn't been tough because we've all written lyrics over the years. We've all contributed. We all write songs outside of the band. Um, and we've just kind of funneled it within, within what, you know, the, this new record. Uh, but it, it, it's been tough uh, in the sense that, you know, it, it's not lost on me that we lost our, our main lyricist, you know, the, the guy that gave us these uh, amazing words that people are still holding on to today. So I'll forever be indebted to, to him for that. But at that point, then, I mean, you have to mine inside yourself further, I expect, than you've ever had to do before. I mean, what's was, was that a challenge? Did, did you find that, the, you know, yourself hitting that moment like, wait, have I already written that idea already? You know, did, does that happen? No, if anything, it happened more when when I think Vinny was still around because we had written so many songs together. Then there'd be like there'd be ideas that would come like, wait, we've kind of already sung about that. And so. Now, like I, I wouldn't put something to paper that I that I've sung before, you know. And that's not a knock against him. That's just we wrote so many songs together. So now, um, and as far as the ideas and everything, I mean, I, I have notebooks full of lyrics. All the guys do. We've we've always had. Um, so for me, a couple couple of the tracks uh, were stuff that lyrics that I had written like ten years ago of stuff that I was going through. That uh, I mined some pieces from. Oh, that's a good lyric. That's really cool. Um, so it, it was interesting, it, but, uh, you know, at the same time, none of us sat back and went, you know, oh no, what are we going to do? We, we, we have to write the lyrics now, because again, to your point earlier, like we're making music for ourselves. If our fans like it, that's all the better, but right. we don't have to play a song past Hello Rock You Live. People are going to go crazy. <laughs> and, and that's a great, that's really, and I, I, I don't mean that disparagingly toward, towards myself or my band. That's a great position to be in. Well, let's hear about some of those songs then. Uh, the Test, I think that's one that stands out pretty quickly on, um, uh, self-examination, I guess, becomes sort of part of the theme here, especially naming, you know, the record Silver Linings. Is... Yeah, you know, Silver Linings, that, that came up in uh, December of 2019, our trombone player. We were, uh, there was like one other title, I don't even remember what it was. We were kind of throwing out titles back and forth. And then Buddy just said, what about Silver Linings? And, and this rarely, if ever, has happens in, in a band where all five guys go, that's cool. And you agree at once. <laughs> There's always one or two. I don't know. It just right. kind of sounds, you know. So, and it's funny because everyone's kind of been like, was that, 
was that a uh, precursor to 2020? Did you like, <laughs> you know, uh, know that this was, you know, no, we just, it was a title that we all, we all liked. Um, the test. Yeah. That was a song that, that I, uh, I, I wrote the lyrics to that one that I had uh, uh, kind of in a, in a notebook that I went to and uh, it was, basically that one and another track on the record I wrote called Keep on Chasing. They were from the same time period around 2010. Um, you know, it was just about, both of them were about heartache, um, you know, and, and love is actually, uh, the word love is in Keep on Chasing, but it's not from like, I love you, like that standpoint. We've never used the word love in, Le in Less Than Jake songs before. That's never been, huh. been a thing. Yeah. But I felt comfortable using it as a metaphor. You know, love is like a drug is, is the lyric in that song. Um, because it was, I was so, you know, there's a uh, 7.2 billion people on the planet and half of them are women and half of them are maybe taken. So if you look at it, there's still a billion, billion people I could meet out there. And I was putting all my focus into this one person and, uh, two songs bore out of it, you know, that I was still able to go back and be like, okay, I don't feel that pain anymore, but. I know it was real because it's documented. It's right there. And uh, I love the words. So I put them to song. I like that you put really put the math into the love part of it. I mean, there, obviously there's been a lot of uh, songs, movies, books, whatever, everything written about, you know, the different uh, angles of that word right there. But uh, I, I like, I like your entry points in that. It's uh yeah, you know, I didn't, uh, maybe someday I'll be a literal song of, Hey baby, I love you. And if it works, it works. But you know, um, you know, for this, it, it's not, it's not that. You know, the Ramones already did, uh, Baby, I Love You. I mean, you can't really top it. It's, it's, it's as literal as it gets right there. And exactly. A little hook. Um, King of the uh, King of the Downside, I think, is definitely one of my favorites. I don't have a direct question here. I just kind of wonder if there's anything interesting about that song, because I've re I, I fell in love with that one probably almost as quick as anything on that record. Um, that was a, Ro Roger wrote that song. He sent that down. I remember when I got the demo, it was uh, probably February of 2019, I got up one morning um, and I put it on and I immediately thought of Huey Lewis because he had actually, the horns he had done on keyboard it was like, dun, 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 dun. and I'm like, this is like the power of love. This is awesome, you know? So we almost made JR play keyboards on it. No, I'm joking. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, that was, that was one of the early ones, uh, earlier ones that was written for the record. And uh, I immediately uh, thought, it, thought it was cool. It's placed really well on the record because it sort of gives you this diversion as, as far as sound and style goes, like right at the right time, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a little different. It's got a, got a different swing to it, you know, mm -hmm. the backbeat of the drums and the way it, way it was constructed. So I think it was, uh, yeah, I think it's, a, it's at a good spot in the album. Uh, and further on down, you do a tribute to a Bill, is it uh, Stevenson? Bill Stevenson? Yes, I got yes. That right? Mm -hmm. knowing that you're going to do a tribute to someone uh, I mean what has to go into a song like that is that something that just came natural or do you guys have to say let's do this and this is how we got to do it which I know that's a rare way to write a song to begin with well we you know we back in the day we always had songs about our friends about people you know Jen doesn't like me anymore uh, there was Johnny Quest Mark Cruz uh, Jay from Frenzel Rom Ch uh, Rich Cheese George we on the uh, uh uh, Hello Rock V record. So uh, we've always written songs um, about people and it, it, hit, it had been a while. And uh, so I had this riff for a long time, the main thing to it, and kind of reminded me of Descendants. And I just was thinking like, you know, who could I write a song about? Like one of my friends. And I was just like, Bill had just come to mind. I was like, you know, and, and the whole idea behind it was, you know, we always give tributes to, you know, on, on TV, it'd be like, you know, the 
the tribute to an actor that passed. Kenny Rogers, we're going to do a tribute. He, he died. It's like, well, why don't you do a tribute when the damn guy's alive? You know? And uh, the thought behind it was, cool, I'm going to be able to write a song about somebody, uh, which we used to do in the past, which is cool. It's a throwback, but it's not like a, a, a throwback where you're, you know, ripping yourself off and it's going to come off that way. But it's kind of harking to the past. And it's also a tribute to someone that's still alive. That's an amazing friend, an amazing musician that we admire and that we love. And uh, that was that was how it came about. Now we get to learn about somebody new that I, I don't know that I'll ever meet. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's Bill's a, a quirky character. He's a yeah. he's a he's an, he's an anomaly. He's his own uh, his own thing, and I mean that with all my heart. He's great. Uh, as far as other people go, uh, Matt becomes Matt Yonkers becomes uh, an official official driving force behind the drums now, uh, you know, as we talked about Vinny leaving earlier. Did that change the dynamics at all for you all? I know he wasn't a, a new face for the band, but did that change once you guys were in the sessions? Well, you know, Matt has been with us in some capacity for 20 years. Uh, we used to tour with his band called the Teen Idols back in the day. And then uh, Matt, uh, you know, just pretty much worked every job over the years he could have worked for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, being our sound guy and day-to-day manager, that was the last thing he had done before he took the drumming position. And Vinny decided to step down in August of 2018, uh, late in the month. And like two weeks later, we had a show, two shows on the books. It were pretty big shows. It was us and Bad Religion and the Interrupters. It was a, uh, did we did 10,000 people in Tacoma and 6,000 people in Boise, Idaho. And these were shows that we just did not want to lose. And Vinny had pretty much said, you know, I, I have to draw the line in the sand somewhere. I want to, I want to be home with my, uh, my family. And we we're like, okay, well, Matt, dust off your sticks. And he's basically was like, what? I'm like, do you want to do this? And he was like, he just was like in disbelief, you know, cause he hadn't played the drums, uh, you know, besides going out to the studio once in a while, farting around, like really played the drums in like 10 years, like Ooh. really, he never, never thought he was going to be in a band again. Um, you know, so, uh, he he's just stepped right in it was it was great and it was it was seamless because we didn't have to deal with you know the new guy's personality we already knew Matt so it it was it was kind of the perfect storm and as far as uh, the second thing you had mentioned about uh, what he brought to the table again nobody I, I can't I can't be somebody else Matt can't be somebody else Vinny can't be somebody else so um, when he came in he brought uh, his own energy and his own creativity to it he uh, comes from a more of a uh, certainly a punk rock background, but more of a rock background, um, just his style and the way he plays. So it, uh, it opened up some, some things for us. Uh, I think that there's some grooves and some things on this record that still, everything still sounds like less than Jake, but it's kind of pushed the envelope a little bit. All throughout this interview, we've kind of referenced the past and everything. And how can you not when you've been a band for, for 30 years? Uh, I, I do realize uh, Losing Streak will hit its 25th anniversary this year, uh, right. released in 1996. I only want to go back there for a second. When I look back on that now, what's really impressive that I see is, you know, as they say, you got your whole life to write your first record and it really becomes about that follow-up. And it seemed like that follow-up, like that happened so quick though, after the debut is finally released. Did it feel like that at the time? Um, no, I, you know, everything, when I look back, it was, it's a colossal blur. You know, we were, we were running on caffeine and nicotine and just being, you know, 20 years old. It was just like, go. I mean, and, and, and the pedal was at 120 for the first five years of this band. I mean, we were on the road, not even kidding, nine, 10 months out of, out of the time, out of the time we'd, we'd come home and it would be like, okay, pet the dog, brush your teeth, do a load of laundry. And the van's pulling back up in two days and we're gone again. Mm. 
And so that went on for, for a long time. The, the songs were coming. It, it, everything happened, happened so quickly. So no, it didn't, it didn't feel uh, like it happened so fast at the time. It was just what we were doing, but looking back, it was breakneck. It was, it was insane. I missed, I missed chunks of, of life back then because it was before, before smartphones and things where you could just check in and like, Oh, what's the new, I'm going to, I'm going to Hulu the new, the Seinfeld episode. Like I missed seasons of Seinfeld. I missed seasons <laughs> of shows. Like there'd be shows. I'd be like, you ever heard of friends? I'd be like, I think, what was that? Is, that? is that the one with No, that's the one with Jennifer Aniston. Like I'm not, I'm not kidding. We were in a van driving around and it was, it was different. You know, you, you, uh, but we didn't care. We were, we were loving it. We were playing shows every night. We were just, we were spreading the, spreading the gospel of less than Jake every night. 30 years. That is what's coming up though. You will be able to mark 30 years as a band very, very soon. Have those discussions been happening? Do you plan on like, I don't know. Yeah. Cause, I mean, cause the, you've been going through them 20 and 25 is already come and gone. So now here's just the next one, but yeah, no, the next three years are pretty, pretty big. You know, this is uh, as you mentioned, the 25th anniversary of losing streak in, in 2021 and 2022, it'll be our 30 year anniversary. And in 2023, it'll be the 25th anniversary of hello rock view. So it's it's the next three years. Uh, we we have a lot a lot of cool things planned. Yeah. So it's that that is that's that's what you guys do though. You're going to be celebrating that stuff along the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We you know it, if if we didn't, uh, the fans would would let us hear about it. You know they they <laughs> they want those things. They want us to play the the live album shows, the the full albums, and they 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 love the merchandise and the different stuff associated with it. And and it's really cool for us. Like the, you know, we can't go too far into detail, but um, you know, I've kept, you can probably see behind me. Um, I'm in my studio where I have, I have every piece of memorabilia I've ever put out. I have scrapbooks in chronological order from the time we started this band. Wow. I was meticulous about it. And uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to go back to that time period, flip through the scrapbooks and go losing streak. And I have all this really cool stuff that a lot of fans haven't seen that, uh, that we want to get out there and share for them this year. That'd be fun. I mentioned, you know, me, me spending time on Seinfeld over the year. It looks like you've been spending your time on a podcast. You've got a podcast that you've been doing. Um, I, I love the way you're tackling this. What has this journey been like for you? Because you're, you're really getting into the arts uh, of songwriting with other artists. Yeah, so uh, it's called Krista Makes a Podcast. Um, you can find it anywhere you uh, uh, listen to podcasts. It's, it's everywhere. Uh, the name, uh, you know, my last name is Demakes. And uh, I used to get crap as a kid. Oh, Krista Makes a Pizza, Krista Makes a Pie. And I was thinking, <laughs> trying to think of a name for my podcast. I was like, the Krista Makes Hour, no. The Krista Makes Show, no. And uh, my wife just one morning goes, Krista Makes a Podcast. And I look at her, I go, you're serious? She goes, absolutely. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, you mother effers, I'm going to show you. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I call the Chris Makes Podcast. I'm at, uh, I think, 33 episodes approaching the seventh month. Uh, I've had a, some amazing guests. I just had Derek uh, Wibley from Sum 41 on, Mark Hoppus uh, from Blink-182, Bill Stevenson was one of the guests, which that episode is, if you haven't checked that one out, uh, Kyle, you should. It's it's heavy, the Bill Stevenson episode. Um but uh, basically, I about a year ago, I started doing custom songs uh, and jingles. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually started in, in 2019 for fans, for businesses. And they'll come to me if you want a song for your wife's anniversary or you want a, a song for your restaurant. So I do custom songs. And um, I started working with a, a, a guy who's now my manager. He's the producer of the podcast, Chris Fafalios. And Chris plays uh, 
bass in a band called Punchline from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, known Chris for years. And uh, he was, you know, looking at all the projects I had going on. I'm doing, I was doing video consultations with folks on Zoom, collaborating with songs and putting my first book together, which I'll talk about in a moment. Had all these different things. And he said, you need to do a podcast. And I said, what? what? He's like, yeah. And a lot of people had told me that before, like, you'd be good at a podcast. I'm like, yeah, but everybody has a podcast. And Chris is like, yeah, but they're not you. And you know, a lot of people. And he's like, I want to have a theme to this. I don't want it just to be you're BSing with people because, and I'm like, well, that's the last thing I want to do too, is, is interview some my peers. I, you know, I've done enough bad interviews over the years. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, it's going to be about songwriting. And it'll be a vehicle to, for you to promote your custom songs. I'm like, okay. So that's what it is. We take a defining song from an artist's career where you can discuss, critique, and analyze it during the 45 minutes uh, to an hour. And uh, it has just went through the roof. The, the fans have just loved it so much. And, and the, the greatest reward of it, uh, Kyle, has been uh, the artists probably nine out of 10 times have said to me when, when we get off the air, like, man, that was really different. That was cool you know, because we really got into the nuts and bolts of, of this one particular track. And I've also, the other greatest compliment has been heard this numerous times of, you know, you'll hear it during the show, like, what? Like, you know, Mark Hoppus, for instance, from Blink, I was like, yeah, dude, it's 23 seconds and you're into the first chorus of what's my age again. He's like, what? Like, he just <laughs> never, never thought of it like that, yeah. you know? So it's been really cool. I mean, yeah, luckily, you know, being an artist, Coming from it from that angle, I mean, uh, knowing how, as you said, you've done enough interviews, you know the, uh, you you know what you want out of it. Uh, it. It's 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 a really great angle that you've touched on there. Well, and it, and it also gives the the person that I'm I'm talking to it puts them at ease because I'm not, I don't care about their third base player that screwed their wife. I don't care you know the politics. Oh, their manager right. stole stole a million dollars from them after the third record. None of that even. I don't care. Yeah. I don't want to talk, I want to talk about the song and it, it puts them at ease and it's just been, it's been awesome, you know, and I've had people say that to me too, that this was, this was not an interview, this was great. And that's been the hardest part about getting guests is I've, I've had a lot of, I've had resistance uh, because people don't want to jump into an interview. They just don't. But being a songwriter and being able to pick up the guitar and go through the songs and I put a lot of, of research and effort into it. When I get in there, I, I'm, I'm able to really surprise the, uh, the guest uh, a lot of the times and it's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, highly recommend everybody watching, listening to this to check that out, Chris, to make some podcasts. You, you mentioned the thing about writing songs, jingles uh, for companies and, and folks. Uh, and that's really interesting to me too, because there's something about that uh, in, in another direction that sort of strips away I don't know what I'm trying to say here, the mystery, the romance, uh, because we have this image in our head of the songwriter in his room and, you know, the songwriting gods put their hand down and bless you with, you know, the, uh, you know, the idea that comes in. Keith Richards waking up and writing the satisfaction riff, you know, or something yeah. like that. This is sort of that other direction. Like you want a country song, you want, you want this or whatever. There's something about that, right? The songwriting that it's not so different than we make it out to be when it comes to what is genre what is style yeah you know that well that's definitely with the podcast i've had i had a question this week i do a segment called the filth every week it's a quite i have a, i do a fan uh, uh segment and uh they'll ask questions one of the questions was i had an artist named Kay flay on and uh she's just very different from punk and ska in the world i come from and they're like 
you know, is it hard for you to break down and analyze a song like that? That's outside of your wheelhouse. It's like, no, a song's a song, you know, mm -hmm. I, I can sit down with it and I can, I can break it, break it apart. And uh, just like any song, doesn't matter if it's rap country, a jazz song, I'm able to get in there and, and, and analyze it. And uh, you know, um, as far as I think the other thing you were kind of saying was about the mystery and this and that is, um, you know, there's never really been a mystery with our band. We've, we've hung out after shows. We go to the merchandise booth. We shake hands. We're accessible. Uh, my email address is all over the place. It's out there. You know, Krista makes at gmail.com. If you'd like to say hello, if you'd like a song, uh, I'll write you back. I, I write every single person back that follows me on, on social media. Um, so there was never, ever a thing to be like, well, I'm the artist. I, I, I can't share my songs with somebody outside of the band. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is it's been, uh, it's been beyond rewarding. Uh, if you could see the reactions, you can actually go to my YouTube page and, and see the reactions of people will film their husbands or wives getting these songs and like grown men going to tears, you know, like it's really neat. You, you mentioned the book. Uh, you, I didn't know about the book. Tell it. What, what can we know about that? Yeah. So if you go to Chris makes a book.com <laughs> and that's D E M A K E S Chris makes a book.com. That'll redirect you to the smart punk Records site. Uh, they're a, wonderful label that uh, I put the book out with. And uh, it's called Blast from the Past. Uh, the book uh, basically is uh, my years uh, in the band up until now. I've always wanted to write a book. Uh, I, my favorite reads are uh, rock autobiographies and biographies. And I had put pen to paper a number of times over the years and I'd get like two paragraphs or two chapters in and it kind of all read the same. Hi, I'm Chris, I'm from Michigan. And I'm like, do I want to do this? And uh, long story short, December uh, 4th of, or December 5th of 2018, I woke up that morning and uh, I had moved earlier that year. I was going through some pictures in my, in my studio organizing and I had a picture and I just thought it was great. And I uploaded it to Instagram and I said, I'm going to post one of these for every day for, for 365 days until I uh, surpass Roger and Instagram followers. And it was just kind of a joke. And uh, JR, sax player was like, you won't make it two weeks. And I said, I'll show you. And I was writing these stories with the picture. And uh, probably about three weeks in, it was like late December 2018, I, I, it dawned on me, I said, I'm writing my book, one story and one picture at a time. So December 4th of 2019, that was one year, I had 365 pictures and stories that I put into this book, and it came out awesome. And the fans are really, really liking it. Well, I know what my next book's going to be right there. Thank you for the, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that going into this. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh... Absolutely. I love what you do, Chris, and especially, you know, let's say this again, there's a new Lesson Jake record. It's called Silver Linings, amongst yeah. other things that they have out right now. It is so much fun, and I so appreciate everything you all have done for 30 damn years. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, thank you, and congratulations uh, to, to what you do, man. You're, you're a pro, and I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to want to hang out and talk. All right, man. appreciate it. We'll see you around. All right. Thanks, Kyle. My thanks, Krista Makes, Less Than Jake. The brand new album is called Silver Linings. Of course, as he mentioned, Krista Makes a podcast and the biography as well. Uh, big thanks to Chris. Big thanks to you for checking out this episode. Before you get out of here, please do hit that subscribe button if you're not already so you can keep up with, again, all the interviews that we put out multiple times a week, three a week, a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with everything that's happening in the music world. Uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or YouTube, again, where you can find the video version of this interview here. After that, head over to WFPK.org. 
That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. We've got song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, uh, Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. Please do like and follow along there as well. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris. The list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.